Welcome to Subtle Interference. See, that's nice. You're right. You're to the point. I'm nice not thing. Bob. I'm Alex. <laughs> Erica's here with me. Welcome, Erica. Oh, thank you. Thank you for Thanks having for me. Thanks for having yourself <laughs> in your home. <laughs> Bob will be joining us later. He's doing some work right now. And quite frankly, he's not the biggest fan of the wrestling portion of the podcast. No, usually he sits there on his cell phone and ignores us until we <laughs> kind of stare at him. Uh, trying to prompt him for a, a response. And sometimes when it's really bad, he like falls out of his chair. Yeah. Or plays with the dog or yes. gets really distracting in some way. Yeah. That's never happened. Anyway, <laughs> welcome. I wanted to talk about some wrestling to start off with. Erica, this last Monday, mm-hmm. the lowest rated Monday Night Raw in history. No excuse either. No competition, no, no other wrestling show. Nope. No football, no hockey. Nope. No playoffs of any kind. No holiday. No NBA, no political debates, nothing. Just the lowest rated Raw ever. Mm-hmm. And they've earned it with their shitty show. Well, like I was just telling you before we started, I don't watch anymore. I'll, I haven't watched a pay-per-view since I think we watched WrestleMania. I just can't be bothered to care. And I can't keep up. I still, like, if there's something good that happens. You know what's happening. Hmm. You, you know what's happening in Oh, general. yeah, yeah, yeah. In general. I try to keep up with, you know, the goings on, the comings, the goings. And then um, if there's a match that gets some acclaim, I'll seek it out and I'll watch it. But I, I just don't have five hours a week to be assailed with garbage. I just can't. I can't. They've done nothing to keep my eyes on the product. Yeah. Seth Rollins is mega hot right now, but it's one of those situations where you have no confidence they're going to do anything with it. Well, and I think I saw something uh, a few weeks ago where Daniel Bryan said something to the effect of, well, yeah, me and The Miz would be great, but do you trust WWE to tell that story? (laughs) It's crazy he said that. That's what you can say when your contract is running out. And you don't give a fuck. And don't give a fuck Daniel Bryan is the best Daniel Bryan. Oh, yeah. No shits are given. Yeah, I I wouldn't trust him with anything. If you look at the show right now, the only thing that actually makes sense if Brock is leaving for an extended period of time to go do a fight in the UFC is to have Seth Rollins beat him because Seth is so hot. But you know that's not what they're going to do. No. I would say the most likely thing they're going to do at SummerSlam is have Roman beat Brock because Brock has beat him a thousand times, which makes sense that Roman would finally get the win. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they'll probably have Strowman cash in so people aren't mad about about Roman winning. Them giving Strowman the briefcase just is like... It's kind of weird. Why? Well, and the briefcase is so wasted when the title isn't ever on TV. Right, because it's like, well, we know nothing's ever going to happen, so... It's not like he's going to go attack Brock at his ranch in Canada or wherever the hell he is. I mean, that would be glorious. That would be awesome. If that were to happen, but yeah, that's not... It's just... Well, and I don't think they book Money in the Bank... They they always do it poorly. It's like, okay, like, I don't even... Like, who cares? You know? They either hold it forever or... They shotgun it right away, and it's like, so then what was even the point of that? Well, and we saw 
I think we talked about this last time on the show. We saw what they did with Alexa with the women's money in the bank where it was basically like, okay, we're going to have Naya beat you. And then you went and got some surgery done and you came back. Okay, we'll get the belt back on you right away with money in the bank. Right. <laughs> so it was like, I guess they got that big pop that night because the crowd, no matter if it's a heel or a baby face, is going to pop for a title change. Yeah. yeah. Well, An you're, unexpected you're, one. Alex, you need something. You need something to get excited about. There's not much there. Yeah, but Carmella had the women's money in the bank briefcase for a long time last year and... I think she had it so long, it was kind of like, is she even ever going to win the title? Is she going to be another failed cash-in? And ideally, she would have been another failed cash-in since she sucks so much. But I still think the worst cash-in of all time was that Damien Sandow one. What a fucking waste. Well, the Sandow one was just a complete burial because before the match even started, he must have hit Cena with a chair like a thousand times. Well, and it was after a pay-per-view and Cena's arm had basically been all but ripped off. Yeah. I believe was the story. (laughs) So even one-armed John Cena can beat you after a prolonged 20-minute chair beating. Okay. Yeah. I think to be fair to them... I don't think Sandow was ever going to be, like, world title material. But then don't give him the briefcase. Well, sure, ideally. That doesn't make any... I mean, maybe if you played it where it was, like, some geek accident, like, oh, fuck, something like when Zack Ryder won the fucking Intercontinental title that one time at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay. But then well, the ne- very next day... It was, like, a nice feel-good moment for a change. Oh, and I'm he, not and saying it wasn't, but you the lost it the very the next night. But if you want to do something different with it, have a geek win it. That was the return of Maurice, which helped the Miz a lot. Oh, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, she helped uh, She helped Miz win that title that night. That's right. There was some slapping involved, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, I think she either slapped the dad or she slapped the... Um... Pretty sure the dad got slapped. <laughs> He was probably all, all about Oh, he it. was totally all about it. I'm going to get slapped by Maurice. Awesome. And get some TV time. All right. <laughs> right or dead. <laughs> yeah, but the show is just unwatchable right now. And it's not only Raw. It's really both of them. I mean, there are positives. Like, I think Paige is really good in the GM role. Mm-hmm. You know, the Daniel Bryan, Kane, Team Hell No thing is solid, but it's not a top act. It's like a mid-card act. Well, they're wrestling tonight, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, you know, since we're here on the podcast, I wanted to tell you something. No, sure. Since I'm sure, like me, you were just super thrilled about the idea of watching Extreme Rules. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know me, Alex. I acquired something else for us to watch. <gasps> Night two <gasps> of the G1 Climax. Oh, fuck yes. Sweet. Yeah, headlined by Kota Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Ooh. And Kenny Omega against Tetsuya Naito. Ooh. Yeah, we're watching that instead. <laughs> yeah, fuck Extreme Rules. Maybe we can do like a fast forward thing. I figured you would like that. But no, yeah, no, that's what we're going to. Oh, oh, Alex flying in. Outstanding. Oh, now I'm like excited. I was legitimately like, we're going to have to like, watch the fucking pay-per-view. Four hours of Extreme <laughs> Rules. Oh, fuck. It was... F- I completely forgot that they changed their pay-per-views to four hours. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would you do that? Well, you need to have 45 matches on every show, Erica. It's so crazy. I mean, it really does feel like they feel people are just buying tickets. They don't care about the stories. 
I want to see that guy I like. It's like movies where every movie must be 45 hours long. That's like WWE shows. Oh, what did we watch? We went to um, this podcast I listened to, We Hate Movies. We went to a uh, uh, live recording of it on Friday, and they uh, tore apart Jason X, one where he goes to space. I never saw that. It's a horrible movie, and you should never watch it ever. But um, we watched it on Wednesday or Thursday, and it was terrible, but it was an hour. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. That never happens. Because well, if a movie's terrible for an hour and a half, it's like it doesn't feel that bad. No, because it's like oh, if a movie's terrible for three hours, uh, it's rough. You're considering suicide. Yes. Well, you gotta you gotta know when to eject too. I mean, if you're sitting at home and it's you're watching a bad long. Oh, movie, I'll turn it off at home. Yeah. If you're stuck in a theater, it's like oh, I just paid for this. I kind of got to see it through. I've only ever walked out of a movie once. And it was at the shitty show up by Loyola. It was like $3. And it was the Silent Hill movie. I've only I've only wanted to walk out of two movies ever. Bulletproof Monk, which is still the worst movie of all time. I don't know. Maybe I need to watch it again to see like how bad it actually is. Because it's been so long. Yeah, that's from like the mid-aughts, isn't it? It's really a long time ago. When fucking when Sean William Stifler Scott was, was still getting a thing. starring right. roles. Yeah, I think that movie killed any hope for him to actually be a movie star. Probably. And then, you know, obviously the other one is Batman v Superman, colon, Dawn of Justice. I'm glad you said it. I just want to say it the way you did. <laughs> uh, one of our uh, Jack is counting uh, each time we say it for posterity, so... Oh, we need yeah. to get it in. We were talking about something. Um, I forget what movie we went and saw, but we were we had gone through an entire podcast and we hadn't mentioned it. And right at the end, I was like, "Oh, Batman v Superman: Colin Dawn of Justice," just for posterity. <laughs> just th- take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may try and convince Bob that we have to do it. We've talked about it enough. We may have to do an episode about it. I can't. I just don't know that I could sit through it again. I don't know how you could subject yourself to that. I could tell, I mean, I could tell off the trailers it was going to be bad, right? Because there have been so many trailers now that essentially give away the whole movie, like almost every trailer. No, no, going in, we knew it was going to be dog shit. But, but like 15 minutes in, it, I'm sitting there thinking, oh shit, this is going to be even worse than I thought it was. Yep, correct. When you have that, well, one, the opening credits where they're doing the very like... The Zack Snyder version of the the Waynes getting killed. Oh, yeah. It was just like, for the love of God. Well, that story's never been told before, Erica. No one knows about that. Like, so we, we have to this? go over it again. One of the best things that for that new Spider-Man movie did, Spider-Man Homecoming, was not fucking show me Uncle Ben dying. I got it. Thank you. How about when he died outside of the wrestling match? With, like, Randy Savage and DDP or something. Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> was Were those the two people in that match? Uh, no, it was Spider-Man v uh, Randy Savage. Oh, okay. Though okay. the announcer was Bruce Campbell. Okay. Bruce Campbell actually gave Spider-Man his name. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that first movie in a really long time. You brought it up. Yeah. Last weekend we watched New Japan Pro Wrestling I forget what the name of the show was, but it was at the Cow Palace. It was in like the G One Climax Special or something, something right? Something like that in San some, Fran. Some wacky name. Yeah, I don't know. the name doesn't matter. Nah, but it was another. I thought pretty good show. Hurt by the announcing, 
definitely hurt by the announcing. the announcing. I mean, let's talk about that first. I love Jim Ross. Everyone does. Everyone fucking... And the problem, he was bad. He was just straight up, like, really, really bad. But I think it's this, this, like... The Attitude Era was the golden age, right? Where everybody was watching wrestling, the ratings were insane, and everybody fucking loved it. And JR was the announcer. So it's that that nostalgia and that trying to, like... It, it's like, this is a new era. You need somebody who actually, like, knows the people's names. And... Pulling is into it. Right, right? This and is, not shitting on it. Exactly. I... Yeah, I always felt... JR got pushed out by WWE before he was done. Yeah. And he got the short end of the stick big time in that. He's absolutely done now. I mean, when you're watching it live, I've noticed this when they do, you know, they're obviously usually the Access New Japan shows are on a tape delay, and so they're recording the commentary over later. And it always seems like JR is on like a little bit of a delay to what's actually happening on the screen. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, like, really bad on this show where, like, someone would hit a move and JR would have, like, this noticeable delayed reaction to what was happening. And then he clearly doesn't know most of the wrestlers' signatures or finishers. So he's not reacting to the big moves, which takes you out of it as well. Well, isn't that the whole point of having JR? So that he can react to the big moves the way he used to? Yeah. And I think... I did like that he had to sneak like a Stone Cold Steve Austin mention. In well, he's always got to constantly mention all the himself. old guys and right. everything. But not that Stone Cold's that old, but just in general. I I think Josh Barnett as the color guy is actually like pretty solid. He's not like amazing or anything, but he, he brings that real aspect to it where he treats it like it's actual fights and he's calling the moves. And If you had a better partner for him. Yeah. I think he would be a lot better. I think I think he's like pretty solid. He doesn't bother me and I, you know, like I said, I like what he brings to the table. But, you know, Kevin Kelly and Don Callis on New Japan who actually work for New Japan, they don't work for Access. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Oh, they're solid, yeah. And Kevin Kelly is like awesome. Like he's really awesome. I love his calls and um you know, like when Kenny Omega won the title and you know, Don Callis is going Hook the leg. Hook the leg. You know. And then, you know, Kevin Kelly's like, Kenny Omega has done it. It was, it was like one of those old Because they're into calls. it. Exactly. Yeah, they're into it. Right. It's not like, oh, he won the title. All right. When's my flight? Well, okay. And, you know, they had that whole thing at ringside where Jay White threw Juice Robinson into the announcer's table. And... I mean, they threw him know. into the into he the. He threw him into the barricade. The barricade. Which for some reason, none of the barricades at ringside were linked together. Which was so weird. they were very liable Mobile. to be right. <laughs> thrown that, around. That poor uh, the the the, the ring, ring announcer got yeah. like got his leg like got mashed up like decimated. three times. Yeah, that poor guy he kept just sitting there. He didn't learn his lesson. Oh, he's like, this is my job. I am not moving. <laughs> Yeah, he got smashed. JR got bumped. Like the the barricade went into the table and JR got bumped. Everyone says it's real, including Meltzer said that was not planned. Mm-hmm. So I guess you have to assume that all happened and 
It was basically like Jay White and Juice didn't really show them like any respect to throw. The, you know, they knew like you could tell watching the show the barricades weren't linked. Right. So they pretty much could tell what was going to happen. So Jr. gets bumped. I, think I don't he, know that anyone thought he was going to fall, though. But I think the actual table getting knocked into his stomach like broke a rib. And Josh Barnett was pissed. Oh, he was legit like, all right. <laughs> and I'm... that really actually added something to that match. It did. Where he got up like he was going to kill Jay White. Yeah. And that's one of those situations where if Josh Barnett gets his hands on Jay White. Oh, you're dead. He's dead. You're, I mean, you he's You're a fucked. dead man. Yeah, you're just dead. So that actually did really ask, add that like realistic aspect to the show. That really actually enhanced that match. That was actually a really good match anyway. It was solid, yeah. That was one of the things about that show is the crowd was not well mic'd. Like, you know, Meltzer and Alvarez were actually at that show. Mm -hmm. And they said during that Juice Robinson-Jay White match, the crowd was like red hot. And that was not really coming across on TV. No, it really didn't. The crowd actually seemed pretty subdued the entire evening. Yeah, they they were actually really into it, but just the crowd wasn't mic'd well, which hurts. That's like... Access didn't do a good job with the show. The camera work wasn't good. They kept focusing on like the same four fans, which was so weird. It was bad. There's, it was. So there was, was a funny really thing. Bad. I sent an article to Bob the other day. I was on ESPN.com, and there was this article that um, who oversees FIFA oversees you know the World Cup and everything. One of the most corrupt organizations on sure. the face of the earth, allegedly. They sent like a letter. Or requested their TV uh, partnerships, their mm-hmm. TV partners, if I could find the words in the English language. Got there eventually, man. <laughs> That's all that matters. That they would stop showing, please stop showing all the hot women only on the shows, you know? Which is kind of like a thing about any sport is you cut to the crowd and it's always like the hot woman wearing, wearing as little clothing as possible. So I guess they asked their TV partners to do that a little bit less because mm-hmm. it's kind of a bad look, I guess. This was like the opposite on New Japan. Please find the mongoloids in the in the crowd. <laughs> they and, and... found the biggest dorks <laughs> constantly. And you know somewhere in the crowd there must be an attractive man or woman. Like they're just by default. Well, you're in California, so yeah. There, have to, there has to be. They're in there somewhere. And they just found, like, the four biggest dweebs in the whole crowd, and they showed them all fucking night. Well, and it was like, because it felt like those reaction shots were only done by the guys at ringside. Yeah. So, like, in a WWE show, you're getting They're people, finding like, people in, the, in crowd. the crowd, right? These are just the psychos that want to sit at, you know, at the barrier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it it was weird. It wasn't good. It was bad. It was something. Yeah, you could definitely tell that you weren't getting the usual New Japan standard because I actually think their camera work and their production is pretty high-end normally. Yes. When you watch a show that uh, uh, isn't on access, I would say very, very much so. Yeah, so it's, that's... It, th- there were a lot of aspects that hurt the show, the production, the commentary, but it was still a good show. I mean, there were like four or five really standout matches. The, you know, I felt like Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes kind of did like a WWE style main event. 
Yeah, I, I was a little so disappointed it, that it, it was... It was just okay, but that's Cody. Right. Cody's just okay. Right, right. It's the character work that makes Cody right. so great. Yeah, his character work's excellent. But all of the, like, ooh, it's a tables, ladders, and chairs match all of a sudden, that didn't do anything for me. I did like what they did after that. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the one thing about New Japan. Well, we could talk about this. Does that bother you, or do you like it that in New Japan the rules are very up to the referee's discretion it i'm completely like. fine with that if it's if because it's known right yeah red shoes you decide when okay this is enough we're gonna start disqualifying people it's somewhere like wwe it's not defined it's all over the place so it's just like i don't know so why do i care well wwe acts like there are rules but then they don't get enforced right new japan it's like you never know what's going to actually lead to a disqualification. And one of the things I like about New Japan is there will be interference. There will be interference and there will be chair shots. There will be tables and all this shit. But you never feel like you got a fuck finish. And in WWE, it's like constant fuck it's finishes. It's all fuck finishes. Like tonight on Extreme Rules, there's going to be the Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, 30-minute Iron Man match. And Drew McIntyre is going to be ringside. What are the chances there's going to be a fuck finish in that match? Oh, 100%. Like, super high? Yes. <laughs> you know? And it's going to be frustrating because it's probably going to be after a really good match happened and there's going to be a stupid finish. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like, WWE seems to be ashamed that it's a wrestling show. And it's like, just, you can be a wrestling show and do yeah. that well and people will watch. You know? I'm here for the wrestling. I want to see that. That's what impresses me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about all the other bullshit. Yeah, I, I agree. I like it as well that it's pretty much up to the referee and to a certain extent anything goes. I mean, I've even... Was it the last Wrestle Kingdom where it was Omega and Jericho? And I think Jericho like punched uh, Red Shoe's son, <laughs> the one of the young boys. I, was I like, think that's a thing that Well, happened. I guess we're just letting this go, you know? <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, but so they did the thing at the end of that match where the Tongans came out and attacked the uh, Omega and the Young Bucks and they're beating them up. And the interesting part, I guess, Haku. was Haku was Haku. there as well. Well, he was one of the Tongans. Outstanding, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Still looks, still looks like a tough guy. Still looks like a badass. The way he applies, I forget the name of the hold, but it's just outstanding. <laughs> Where he already gives you the shot underneath the chin. Yeah. Just the way he holds his hand makes me really happy. Oh, it's great. And I, I liked where Cody came out and it was like, no, I'm not turning on my friends, even though we've been feuding a little bit. Right. And so now you've kind of have the heel side of the Bullet Club, the firing squad, which mm-hmm. is, you know... Tamatanga, Tangaloa, Haku, and um, Bad Luck Fale. And there's, there's uh, now there's like the baby face side, which is essentially like the other like 7,000 guys that are in the Bullet Club, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you needed to do something with it, though. Yeah. You know, I was happy that we had seen all of this kind of turmoil within, you know, the Bullet Club. And then mm-hmm. you needed to do something with it because it was, it is like, okay, all right. We got it. Well, did you see the latest B in the Elite? I'm way behind on okay. the Elite. So at the end of the latest B in the Elite, they're in the hotel room and they're eating like in and out or something after the show. And someone knocks on the door and I think Matt Jackson goes and opens the door and it's Cody. 
and he goes in and he you know kenny moves aside on the couch to let him sit down and he offers him like a piece of chicken or something as like a you know hey buddy thanks for welcome back, back right you know and cody sits down and he goes what are we gonna do to make these motherfuckers pay <laughs> And he goes, and what the fuck is Haku's problem? <laughs> that's outstanding. So that's where Cody really delivers is the character stuff. Cody on being the elite is outstanding. Him in that, it's got to be his dad's old coat. Smoking the cigars. Or what was the... He's in his bathtub with all the bubbles and he's got a big poster of himself behind, <laughs> behind him. him. Oh, like, my God. If you're Cody, wouldn't you put a poster up of Brandy, maybe? No. <laughs> if I was Mandy buried to Brandy, there'd be pictures of Brandy all over the fucking house. I wouldn't have any pictures of myself up. So but he's an egomaniac. It's fucking hilarious. Um, uh, uh, well, no, and it's it's that, okay, yeah, you know. It's it's nice to see some turmoil. Yeah, so they've kind of, in a way, split up the Bullet Club, and we'll see what happens from now on. And that was, I thought, I thought that was like a good match, but it wasn't the usual New Japan main event standard. Was no, the yeah, it was, it was just fine. Now we did get what I consider high end New Japan matches. I mean, I thought Juice and Jay was great. That was a solid match. Leading up to Juice winning the U.S. title, which got a huge reaction. Which is also like, yeah, yeah, that's the way that the story goes. That's fine well, that you could yeah, tell. That you could pay off the babyface winning, right? In his home country, right? Over the evil foreigner. Not oh oh, you're in your hometown. Oh. Yeah, Vince I, I, is going to come out and piss on you in the ring tonight. I hope that's okay. <laughs> well, like, Raw was in Boston, like, this Monday, I think. Guess who wasn't on the show? Sasha Banks. Oh, are you implying that her hometown crowd would want to see her? No, no, never. That's ridiculous. She wasn't Alex. even, like, a dark match or anything. It's so stupid. It's like they're allergic to making money. Even when, well, like, when WWE goes to Minneapolis, even if Brock isn't on the show, he usually shows up in, like, a dark match or something. Because they know people want to see him. But whatever. So, yeah, Juice won. I thought that was, like, a nice feel-good moment. That was, like, the first match where Jay White, to me, really, like, had it figured out. Like, he was, like, that truly evil heel. Yeah, well, that Switchblade character is, if you take it there, it's great. Yeah. But you have to take it there. <laughs> so Dragon Lee and Hiromu Takahashi Hiromu. were having like a really good match. Yeah. And then Dragon Lee went for that Phoenix Plex that Kota Ibushi does. Yeah. Where you kind of wrap someone up into a ball and you do like a suplex be behind your back and do a pin. It's like a bridging pin. And he lost the grip on Hiromu. And Hiromu went flying. He and fell like right his, on his head. Right on the top of it his head. It was really like you saw it and it was, you know, you know how you watch wrestling sometimes and they're getting, they're getting there and you're like, oh, something really bad's going to happen. And yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know that I've ever watched. Well, no, that's not true. I've seen that Stone Cold match, but I haven't seen a lot of people break their neck and it's. Yeah. <sighs> well, Stone Cold, when it happened to him, he couldn't even stand. No. I mean, he yeah. was done. Yeah. Yeah. Hiromu, I guess, must have told the ref he was okay because he got up and just did like two or three more minutes on pure adrenaline. But yeah. at that point, it was kind of like uncomfortable because you just watched the guy get dropped right on his well, fucking head. Well, and he head. was like, 
he wasn't he wasn't right and you could tell and it was just like let's get in this over so he can get in the back and you yeah. guys can like get him fixed up so they're they're being really quiet about it but it seems like the rumor is broken neck that's what so i've heard we'll, too we'll see what happens but they're yeah they're hiding it pretty much kind of like when shibata smashed his head into okada's head and he you know had that whole issue they kept really quiet about that for a long time so they they can keep secrets over there in japan from the american press i did like evil coming out at that one press conference with the little red in his hair though he's like (laughs) all right I liked I liked when Bad Luck Fale showed up at that press conference and he walks up and looks around for a second and he goes, "Fuck him," <laughs> and just walks away. Oh, that's outstanding. See, but they use that stuff to like further like the characters and the story. Mm-hmm. It's outstanding. I really like the press conferences and well, I like what I like overall about New Japan is they treat it like it's real. Even though you know, you know it's not. Well, but they treat it like it's real. You have to buy into that whole. You have to buy into the fiction of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't buy into the fiction of the universe, then nothing matters. The rules don't matter. I don't care about what happens. It's just. Eh. Well, one one of the big things about New Japan that's very different from WWE is in good. W. Though there's that, but there's reasons. <laughs> you know, in in WWE. The heel is always the company. You know, you're always mad at the company when something stupid happens or someone that you like loses. In New Japan, the company is like beloved and you're really happy that they're putting all these great shows for you. So when a heel does something evil, it's like, oh, fuck that guy. Right. It's not like fuck the company. Well, and I also think, though, I mean, WWE used that to great effect in the 90s. Where Vince McMahon was like Mr. Well, McMahon. Is... Yeah, I mean, he was arguably the greatest pro wrestling character ever. Oh, yes, I, I wouldn't dispute that. But now they like, they, for some reason, it, it, you almost have to lean into that. He's still on the show, and he's like the most evil person in the history of anything. <laughs> like, when people cheer when he comes out, I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you people? That is he, pro wrestling Satan. And then he inevitably shits on the crowd. Right. Because they're so stupid. It's like painful. But even like Stephanie, it's like you can never come out and like, yeah, I don't know. I can understand them cheering Hunter because fine. But like when Stephanie comes out, it's like, no, she's the spawn of Satan. Well, and Stephanie, it's such a weird thing because they want to make Stephanie like the public face of the company. And they want her to get all the credit for everything. Why not just make her a big baby face on TV? Right. Because you could do that easily. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you want this match? Great. The worst, the worst. Every time this happens, I want to take everyone in the crowd and, and beat the shit out of them. Just slap them in the face because I know exactly what you're yeah. going to say. Is when the Stephanie or Vince or someone like that comes out and goes, oh, you want to see X versus Y? Yeah. How about for the title? Yeah. And the whole crowd's going fucking crazy. No, you're not getting that, you fucking idiots. And they fall for it every single time. Come on. They've never delivered on that. Nope. That's why that's why people like Vince McMahon are sitting in the back room going somewhere going, I'm not listening to these idiots. They're all they're all fucking borderline disabled. Well, and nobody knows, like they don't know if they want either. Like you'll be giving them good wrestling for once. 
And they like get bored and they start chanting for other stuff. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no, this is an actual good match. Like if they're giving you fucking Seamus V. Randy Orton in the most bland, vanilla, boring bullshit ever, yes, shit on that. That's fine. Though I think Seamus doesn't deserve that. And you I think you can argue that Randy doesn't either, but it's like I've seen this. No, I think a better example would be Randy Orton v. John Cena when they did the whole, like, reunification of the belts. Oh, yeah. The crowd shit on that hard. Yeah. That was great. Because who cares? I don't care. Oh, is Daniel Bryan not winning those titles? I don't give a shit. Let's when they were in Seattle and they tried to do that shit. That was so oh, And they had so Daniel dumb. in the ring and they're trying to talk and it's just like... Punk's laughing in the background because oh, he doesn't give a standing. shit. That was like peak, no one gives a fuck. Yep, yep. Well, even he, you could see from a mile away, this man is money, and you guys just don't care. And granted, yeah, you were in Seattle, the, the vague hometown. I mean, he's from Aberdeen, that's a little farther from there, but... Close enough. Like, come on, guys. It's just so stupid. I don't know. It's yeah. very, 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 very frustrating. Well, speaking of WWE, I wanted to talk about this Asuka James Ellsworth program that's going on right now. I love James Ellsworth, but this is a weird program because I can only assume it's designed to bury Asuka. Because here's the thing, when you do the man versus woman thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do it... WWE. Well, right, right. Well, I was going to say is when you do the intergender matches, a lot of time on the indies, they'll just pretend the men and the women are equal, which is fine. If you're going to do it, you probably do need to do it that way, that the woman's just like body slamming a dude that's like 350 pounds. Well, it's like I said, it's you're buying into the fiction of the universe. So it's totally... So exactly. And that's totally fine if you want to do it like that. When they do it like this, where it's Asuka versus Ellsworth, like, one, you know Ellsworth isn't about to do anything to her, you know, because they don't want to deal with that that backlash. And having Asuka beat up, like, the lowest guy on the whole roster. Wait, what does that say? It doesn't do anything for Asuka, and it just kind of makes the women look, like, shitty in general, because it's like oh, we can only compete with the men when it's a complete dork who looks like he's never worked out a day in his life. You know? Mm-hmm. That'd be like if Ronda Rousey beat me up. What the <laughs> fuck does that prove? <laughs> you know? You're absolutely right. It's like I got into an octagon with Ronda Rousey and she beats the fuck and out of me for three minutes. And she ripped your head off of your shoulders. Yeah. Okay, well, what did that, you know, well, that didn't do anything for her, and it didn't just made me look like a dork. Right, it doesn't everyone's do anything. looking around like, why did we even bother with this? <laughs> it what doesn't the do point anything for anyone. Right. And it just kind of buries the women in general, and this is the thing right now. I know I talked about this last time. The women are so badly positioned on these WWE shows right now. It's crazy. Like, okay, here's the thing. Alexa is arguably the best talker of all the women, she has the ability to take their shitty... <laughs> I mean, okay. to, at least that one made sense. The, Am- the Amazon Echo did not like that I said... Uh, <laughs> certain names. <laughs> so at least we'll that, just... was, that thing talks sometimes, though, where it like hears certain sounds, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. So I'll just say bliss from now there on. There you go. That remember. works. That's good. So 
she more than anyone has the ability to take their shitty scripts and deliver them in a way where it's like believable, mm-hmm. which is one of the skills you really need in WWE. Correct. Is to take a terrible script and make it seem okay. Correct. And Alexa is probably better at that than anyone else among the women for sure. Maybe like you put like Charlotte number two, but there a lot of the women struggle with this. You put Bailey out there, it just dies. You know, she can't deliver the lines of, you know, Roman gets the distant look where he can't remember his lines and he's trying to think about what he was supposed to say and not the gist of it, the exact fucking words, because they get yelled at if they don't use the exact words. Though, mm-hmm. so if you're Roman at this point where it's been shown over the last three or four years that it's you're the guy. Mm-hmm. don't you eventually just be like, fuck it, I'm going to like take this and say what I want to say? They're not getting rid of you because you said the script wrong. I just, it's it's frustrating for me with the women that if you look at SmackDown, you know, Carmella's the women's champion and she's easily the worst woman on all of SmackDown. I mean, it's not even close. And she doesn't even have like heat like Alexa. Like, here's the thing. When a, when Bliss gets in the match, I remembered this time. <laughs> like halfway through the name, but you remember. Yes. When Bliss gets in the match, her matches almost always are like okay at best. Like if she's in there with Sasha, it's going to be okay because Sasha's going to drag a good match out of her. Mm-hmm. But if she's in there with like, you know, like tonight it's going to be her against Naya. Like holy shit. Well, you know? not only that, but I've seen that. I've seen that already. That's like the new John Cena, Randy Orton. I don't need to fucking see it again. That's what they do, Alex. They run like... I don't remember it being like that back in the day. Yeah. You know, it was like... I I didn't feel... And maybe it's because there's like thousands of hours of programming now, but you have so many people on your roster. So many people. Like, why do I have to keep watching the same matches over and over and over again? You guys, like, this isn't difficult. This isn't hard to do. Well, and that's the thing, you know. So, Bliss, she has the character work. She actually gets reactions. More reactions, really, than anybody. But part of that, of course, is she's been being booked strong for essentially her entire main roster run. Like, she never really gets beat. And if she does, it's like slipped on a banana peel and wins it back a week later, you know. And then you have, like, all your really good women, and they just can't get a push other than Charlotte. I mean, you know, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, Asuka. Asuka's being buried to oblivion. We I knew mean, that was if she happen, loses though. tonight to Carmella, they that's should it. just ship her back to NXT because that's it. It doesn't even matter how. If James Ellsworth hits her with a two-by-four, that's still a burial. Mm-hmm. Carmella shouldn't be beating fucking anybody of any standing. She's terrible. Like, you know, she's hot, but they're all hot. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I think in the grand scheme, I mean, if we're going to go, like, by hotness, I think Asuka's definitely hotter than uh, Carmella is. But, this, but she's Japanese. I know. <laughs> so. And a horrible racist runs the company, so. <laughs> there you go. It is what it is. But it's, it's frustrating because if you look at their roster, especially when you include NXT, you know, you start including, like, Tony Storm, Shayna Baszler, Kahiri saying, Io Shirai just got signed. You know, Bianca Belair is pretty solid. Uh, they got that big, huge Australian girl. Uh, 
I can't remember I her know name. Who, who likes Vegeta? Who likes Dragon Ball Z? Good girl. Yeah, <laughs> she's got some potential. They've got a deep roster of women. I do like you were like likes like Vegeta, and instead they're yeah. like, oh no, wait, you know, she likes all of Dragon Ball Z. You could just say likes Vegeta. That's well, okay. I've seen her before wearing a shirt with Vegeta. I was gonna say it's basically synonymous, right? I mean, if you like but Dragon Ball, you you love Vegeta. Should you be your favorite character. Sure. If not, you're you're wrong, <laughs> and you shouldn't be allowed in the fandom. That pretty much sums it up, basically. <laughs> but they have this deep roster of women, and instead they've decided to make like two of the worst like four women on the whole roster champion. And you know, like I look, I know Nia Jax is going to have a job forever, and that is what it is. Why is like Dana Brooke have a job? I don't know. <laughs> why I does, really don't. Why does Carmella have a job? Because the other thing about it is, it's like you can get excited about these women down in NXT, but the instant you know they bring them up to the main you're roster, done. you're fucking done. You make it like a little bit of a run, like when they brought up Becky and uh, Charlotte and Sasha, they got that awesome match at wrestlemania that was probably the best thing on the show that year mm-hmm. and then a whole lot of nothing well that was a bad show too that was like the one good thing on a terrible show well because that was that show that went on forever it was endless that was 30 was it 31 think, or 32 was that the show where aj and shane had a good match too maybe we maybe didn't those, watch that. That was were, the one that we didn't watch shows. together. We were in the city and we watched that. Because mm. that was that same weekend. Because we watched NXT. And that was when Sammy and Nakamura had that amazing match. Yeah, they're they're doing so well yeah. on the main roster. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it's like I hate to put it like this, but you would think things are going to change whenever Vince dies. But that might be... 10 years from now he's not gonna die or that might be never he's a miserable fuck he's gonna live forever <laughs> he's gonna live forever and so by the time you know triple h is in charge and and you know they love to do the bullshit where they do the revisionist history like stephanie was the reason the women got a chance and all that crap no it was triple h right. this was like a triple h baby from day one mm-hmm. that i'm not going i'm tired of watching these terrible women's matches we're training them right i'm done with this bullshit right you can have hot women who are athletic the two aren't mutually exclusive exactly <laughs> so but by the time triple h has full control which may be never most of these women are going to be on their way like becky's a lot older than people think She's not going to wrestle forever. Charlotte's way older than people think. Sasha's young, but you know, the way she tosses her body around, she might not have that long in her either. Right. Ten years from now, all these really good women could have been completely wasted. And yeah, you're going to make some nice money and God bless them. I hope they save their money and hope they make a bunch of it because you should get a lot of money for having to sit there in a shit company and fucking do nothing. Well, that has to be the only reason that you would ever stay. Right? I, there's no other reason. You gotta be getting, you're getting paid decently. Money and your friends. Right. And you're, you're hanging out with, with the people friends. that you enjoy. But you're not, you can't be getting any creative fulfillment. No. Okay, go out there for two minutes. Well, I think like Kenny Omega even said, the only reason he would ever go there is for an unbelievable paycheck. Because he knows once he goes there, that's like you're in the twilight of your career. Yeah. It's nice to hear people like actually, and I know everyone knows that. You know, but it's like you even can't, the people who work there know that, right? You they can't, just can't say it. You can't look at that and think, "Oh, awesome! I'm going to go there and it's going to be great." No, it's just going to be garbage. 
you know and it's like you do get some people that come in and it's like you get good like AJ always puts on a most of the time puts on a good match um but he's limited by time he's limited right. by what he's allowed to do and right. who he's working with I mean right. if you're AJ and you're working with Jinder Mahal uh, that was the name I had in mind you know you too. can only do so much it's like Kenny Omega working with Cody I love Cody but you can only do so much you're not going to have the matches at a Okada Naito level you're just right. not, Ishii you're just not going to do it right because Cody has his limits right yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know that was that was really my main thought is just the women are so badly positioned and it's really like back to like divas division levels right now and it's really upsetting because I'd almost rather them do like a 205 live and just like just throw them all on their own show then just like because you obviously don't care. So just throw it on some throwaway thing and let the people who want to watch it want to watch it. Because it's just... It, d- wrestling in WWE is in this little, like, box. And it's like, this is what it has to be. Mm-hmm. And if you go... Because, like, one of my favorite things, like, outside of the company is tag team and, like, trios wrestling. I fucking love tag team wrestling. What does WWE have for me? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Well, that's like, it's like if the Young Bucks ever came, you'd just be coming for the paycheck because they know they're never going to do anything with them. Right. It doesn't matter how good you are. No, it doesn't matter. Look at freaking Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. All Carl Anderson does is work out and talk about his hot wife because he's got to hold on to the things he loves because he ain't ain't wrestling. Right. He ain't doing anything that fucking matters. Well, you brought the revival up and look what you did to them. It's like you went from New Japan's top heel group to being a fucking jobber in WWE. It's a paycheck, though. It's it's a sweet paycheck. You don't have to do as much traveling abroad. Right. So it's like, fine. Get to spend more time with the hot Asian wife. Which, I mean, Alex, shouldn't that be all of our goals? It's mine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just, it's funny that they're claiming, you know, it's like they do the whole thing with the women's revolution and their women's evolution. They, They change the name for some reason. And we had to label it, of course, for marketing purposes to begin with. Got to package it. So they're doing all that, and then they claim equality. You know, it's like, well, we're doing the big equality movement, and then you do this. The women get, what, like two matches on a show That's that you're lucky if they're like ten minutes on a three-hour fucking show? Well, and the truth is you can't put the women out there in a bunch of matches because you don't have enough good women to fill the show. I mean... Like, could you imagine, Erica, let's say sometime this year, they do one of these four-hour pay-per-views, and for some reason they decide to do, like, an all-women show. There's going to be, like, maybe two or three good matches on that show. But that's all of WWE programming. Well, right. I'm agreeing with you. But I'm just talking about, I'm talking about take the take the bad booking out of it. You're just, how are you going to have a fucking good show? They don't usually, though. <laughs> I know, I'm agreeing with you. So, no, no, I, don't, I understand that, but it's just like, they're all garbage. Well, here, here's the, I guess my point is that the difference is there are a lot of, like, actually good guys in WWE that just never get to do anything. I mean, like, Cesaro and Sheamus have disappeared off TV. We just talked about Gallows and Anderson. The you only go, reason Cesaro's got to stay around is because uh, Sarah Del Rey has a job at NXT. Yeah. And they're both getting decent money. Yeah. That's got to be the only reason. I would assume so. He could go anywhere and be a fucking god. 
I think they're just planning on keeping Neville's contract locked up for all eternity as well. That fucking sucks. That is, that is one of the shitty things is like, on one hand, yeah, you walked out of a job you had a contract with, so they're kind of punishing you, or they are punishing you. But on the other hand, it's the whole bullshit independent contractor thing where you're right. not. Right, this isn't a contract. This really isn't an independent contractor. Contractor. Right, it's, you don't have any right to tell me where I can and can't go. I just can't believe no one's tried to challenge that in court yet. And what's so funny it's a lot is of money. all this money that WWE is making now, and they're going to get the crazy TV deal and everything. And then they're like, it's all going in to fund the XFL, and like the XFL is going to have health insurance. So what the players in the XFL get health insurance, but the wrestlers who are funding this don't honestly, if I was in that company right now and I had, I heard that that was going to be the case. I just be, well, fuck this. But this is really the time where they, they've never had a stronger position to unionize. I mean, they should walk in the day of that first SmackDown on Fox and say we're striking if we don't get x y and z right now and you could that would be like where you have vince mcmahon by the fucking grapefruits Mm -hmm. and he has to give you what you want how are you not giving these guys health insurance they're literally killing themselves for you (laughs) it's disgusting it's absolutely disgusting it's something disgusting yeah it is I just don't know, like we texted about it the other day. I don't know where they think they're going to find this viewership on Fox. I mean, yeah, it's going to be on network TV, but it's on a worse night. So like... It's going to be on Fridays, right? Right. So, you know, right now you're on Tuesday on USA and you do 2.1 million. And the expectation apparently is 3.5 on a Friday on Fox. And yeah, your viewership's going to go up because you're on network TV, but it's Friday, Maybe which is a like little, but Friday's pretty much like the worst TV Fr- night. That is the death zone. Only worse is Saturday evening. <laughs> so I just don't know where they think they're going to come up with these fans with, because like you've like we texted about, everyone has USA. Like who USA is pretty much like a base TV network that anyone who has cable has. Right. So it's not like it's hard to get wrestling right now. No, it's not. And I guess they're going to be helped by, you know, if there's a football game on, they'll be promoting WWE, I'm assuming. Baseball game on, they'll promote WWE. So on down the Which, line. Which, great, but okay, say uh, I'm watching a baseball game or I'm watching football. Mm-hmm. which I wouldn't do. I, yeah, I'm not watching football. Fuck football. I'm, I'm watching a baseball game. Okay. And I see an advertisement and for wrestling. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I used to watch that in the 90s. Let me, let, me, let me pop the head and let me check it out. What's the content you're showing? I'm going to come in and I'm going to watch a show and be like, and I'm going to make a decision within the first five, ten minutes. Oh, this is garbage now. Or, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. Let me let me hang out for a while and see what's up. If You can advertise all you want, but if the product that you're delivering is dog shit, people aren't going to hang out. Why would they? Well, and that whole thing doesn't start till like a year from now or something or even longer. God, what is the show going to be like then? Because the it could go knows? either way, right? It could be way worse or it could be way better. And no one has any idea because it changes with the fucking wind. Well, that's the thing, too. There's no consistency. There's no narrative consistency at all. 
And the other thing is Daniel Bryan's contract is up in September, right? Yeah, I feel like he's going to resign. You think so? I think just for the security. Doesn't want to rock the boat with what his wife has going on, you know? Mm. They've got a fair amount going on outside of WWE, too, though. Well, yeah, but, you know, she's on Total Bellas. She's on the Total Divas show. WWE could easily get that shit canned. Oh, no, if they If they want to get them, mm-hmm. you know? And once you left WWE, they're not going to show them on those shows anymore. So it would be like, how are you going to have Total Bellas without Daniel Bryan? That show will just get canned. Does he make the show? Of course he's the whole show. <laughs> Who the fuck? Him and Cena are carrying... It's so funny because it's supposed to be a show about the Bellas. And it's all the guys that are carrying the show. You I've get, actually you get I've the never funk, watched Total You get the Bellas. Funk Man in there and he's fucking great. I fucking forgot that Funk Man's on there now. Yeah, he's married to the Bellas' mother. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my he God. infiltrated Clan Bella. He's a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, funny that they look nothing like their mother. Like it's, They have no familiar, familial resemblance at all. Not really, no. Yeah. I mean, you know, beg, I mean, they look like their father or uh, work has been done, which, hey, whatever. What, well, we know Nikki's had work done. Yeah, there's been work done, yes. Uh, I meant in the facial region. Yeah. <clears throat> but I don't think, no, the girls wouldn't have had it because they wouldn't look alike then. I was more implying their mother did. Maybe. Well, they just look yeah. a lot like their dad. I mean... Maybe, yeah. I, I can't remember. I think their dad was on Total Divas at some point. I think he's like a deadbeat or something. Maybe I vaguely remember that in like the first season. Yeah, I think they met up with him at some point, but I think they have a really bad relationship with him. I think he's kind like of that. a shitbag, yeah. They don't look like their brother either. It's very weird. Oh, their brother. He seems to have his shit together. It's not like the, he's not like the Rob Kardashian of the clan. Oh. By the Did way, you see this thing on like Twitter? This is like nothing to do with anything. Where they're like, "Oh, Khloe Kardashian's gonna be like the youngest billionaire ever." What are What are you doing? Oh, it's like, not not Khloe. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I wasn't born into a family of rich motherfuckers. Well, no, there was a funny thing about that, but not not. You're not thinking of Khloe. It's um, who are the, who are all the Kardashians? I have absolutely okay. There's, there's Kim and Kim, Courtney, sure. Chloe are the older ones. Mm-hmm. The who are the two young sisters? Kylie, is that the one? Kylie's the one okay. you're thinking of. So apparently she has some sort of huge like makeup line or something that's worth like I saw the thing on Forbes. It's worth like eight hundred million dollars. The company, but the funny thing is, is on the cover of they put her on this list of like. The 80 wealthiest self-made women. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no. self-made? No. Grab a fucking dictionary. Right. No. Nah. What are you talking about? No. Just no. Let's let's not, guys. Like, I think she had a little bit to start with. Yeah, maybe just, just, just a touch. Yeah, I laughed. I think like I saw like the dictionary Twitter like grabbed it Are they like, they like no. here's the definition of self-made right. go read and th- this isn't this isn't it guys yeah that was embarrassing well that was just because you know they want to sell forbes magazine so they got it. it's like okay we gotta find an excuse to get this woman on the list because she's not self-made but she is rich what kardashian fans are buying that magazine because she's on there 
Like five, uh, maybe? Creepy old men. Yeah, that's she, By the way, she's had work done. Like all the Kardashians. Her face looks fucking weird. I think I, there's just the picture on like that I scrolled past on Twitter, and mm. I was more appalled by the headline. The than, headline's the, the main yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't really pay attention to that corner of the universe, so... Well, it's like they make all the major decisions, so you almost have to. You're like power brokers. I guess that's fair. <laughs> Kim Kardashian goes to the White House and gets a woman released from prison. That's power, Erica. Did you see the interview that they did with her afterward, though? Where no. they're like... um, They, they were talking to her uh, about... um, Like, you realize all this other shit's going on and that he just kind of used you as, like... Uh, a way to like get heat off of him for that other shit right sure and she has this moment of like like of clarity as if like a fog had cleared over her mind and it's it's just it's beautiful it was beautiful well (sighs) and that's the thing kim and her mother with the whole sex tape really did launch this whole like empire but they were rich beforehand. Her, well, their dad was the lawyer in the OJ. Uh, the OJ case. Yeah, but they weren't rich like this. Not like this. I mean, this no. is like this is like McCormick type shit. Where, no, like, no, I understand. You're gonna that, be but... rich for like a thousand years. Well, this is a, right. It's it's generational wealth yeah. now, right? But they but... they weren't coming up from nothing, is what I'm saying. Like, daddy, oh right, absolutely, like, yeah. Well, that was one of the funny things about the... I scrolled through that list, and it's mostly, like, you know, CEOs of major companies, all these women with a lot of money. And, you know, a lot of them are real self-made women. It's, like, people who came up and, uh, you know, got, like, a major job at Facebook or something. You know, Mm -hmm. you get, like, early Facebook stock and... Oh, that's right where you want to (laughs) be. You know, um... Maybe not right now, but before. Well, just in general. But... Apple or Google, any of those back in the day. Yeah, but Kim Kim Kardashian's on that list, and you know she's got a shitload of money. Like she's got like two hundred or three hundred million dollars. But it's crazy that her young sister, like, it's like Jessica Simpson, where she got the big like was like a clothing line or something going. She has a clothing line, and she's the company's worth like a billion dollars. It's like how the fuck does this happen? Well, she makes plus size clothing too, though. It's a big untapped market. It's not even a joke. It's something that mm. like a lot of people don't don't do because they're like, oh, we don't have fatties wearing our clothes. <laughs> Jessica Simpson actually, her line has plus size clothing. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's weird because you don't think of Jessica Simpson as like a super intelligent person. Not she... after the Chicken of the Sea fiasco, though. Well, that whole thing where she was doing what was what was her reality show? Was it Nick Lachey? Oh, what the fuck was that shit called? Yeah, it was with Nick Lachey. That was a terrible show. Oof, that was a rough sit. Oh, what was it fucking called? It wasn't like Newlyweds or some shit, but it was bad. It was not good. It was bad. Have you ever seen, like, I think it's like one of the first couple episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where... I have never watched an episode of that show. It's ever. like an early episode where they're pretending like they're upset by the sex tape being released and everything. It's like, come on. Like, fuck you guys. You know your mother released it. Everyone knows. Which is just icky. Oh, it's so... I mean, you can't argue with the end result, but it is disgusting. It's, yeah. I mean, whatever. I mean, good for you guys, I guess. But, yeah. Well, like like we said, I mean, that, that family is set up, like... You could just collect the interest on what you already have, and you're set up for all eternity. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, until, like, you know, 
the apocalypse comes. Which, I mean, is bearing Could be down. very soon. Right, but... Could be tomorrow. <laughs> Especially with this heat. It's been so hot this summer. It's been disgusting this summer, but... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else wrestling related that we can talk about. I don't think so. Do you want to take a break? We'll go find Bob and we'll come back. I mean, do we want to talk about the Dragon Ball Z Brawly movie first? Because he doesn't give a shit about that stuff either, but... I mean... There's not much to talk about. What's there to say? I mean, so Broly's going to be canon, Which I saw some people, like, flipping out over, and I was just kind of like... why that matters one way Why do you care, right? Like, what does it matter? Well, so... Do we know anything about the character? Like, is he going to be just the whiny bitch he was before? From what I understand, it's he's being completely rewritten. Mm. I mean, what that means, who knows? We'll see. But well, it was interesting because they kind of, I thought they made the whole legendary Super Saiyan thing canon through Kale. And so, are there two now? Well, I mean, Kale is from a different universe that's true there could be a legendary super saiyan in each universe and it'd be cool if you have to get like all of them together to like defeat broly get those folks in the movie well everyone definitely wants khalifa and kale to show up again well because they were delightful <laughs> khalifa is just shit talking relentlessly <laughs> no and i think you have Damn to you, like... goku i'll get you next time well goku is the worst i mean she's not like <laughs> Incorrect uh, to, or wrong. to be fair, Goku, as as they retconned it, actually did save all the universes in mm-hmm. the end. Because the universes were getting erased until he suggested the tournament. I guess. Come on. Come on. We got to be fair. Mm-hmm. In storyline, he actually saved all the universes. <laughs> uh, one of our friends is watching the dub, like, uh, as they release Super. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... Dude, it's all there for you. I couldn't wait. No, I, I can't. If I, I know what's out there, I, the I can't can't do it. Well, I prefer the 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 subtitled version I, anyway. So, I mean, we've had this discussion before too, but there are positives and negatives to both. I I definitely think there are certain characters that are way better in Japanese, but I do enjoy Sean Shemmel yelling his fucking lungs out as well. <laughs> so, I feel like the guy who played. I th- I feel like Chris Sabat is that his name, right? Yeah, he plays Vegeta and a lot of other characters. Piccolo, a couple other folks. Yeah. He just in Super, he feels like he's mailing it in. Like it doesn't feel like it used to be. Like in Z, where Vegeta was like really well acted, it just doesn't feel like that anymore. See, I haven't watched. I've seen the movies, but I haven't watched any of the dub for Super. I watched a little bit. I watched like a few episodes here or there just to see how like certain scenes were in the dub. Mm-hmm. No, wait, that's not true. I watched a little uh, at the beginning because they were really leaning in uh, with the fan service with uh, Vegeta and Bulma at the beginning, which I appreciated. <laughs> that's I was great. like, oh, that's not the way it was in the sub, but I see what you're doing there. And I appreciate it. Thank you, Funimation. Yeah, I just, the thing about the dub is I don't like how they changed some of the lines. You know, I know how... I know they have to do something to make the mouths sort of match up, you know? So, like, you know, because sometimes these lines that might take 10 seconds to say in Japanese take 8 seconds to say in English. Right, right. So they have to deal with that. But some of the lines are like, you're completely changing the context of the scene. Well, that's why I like to watch it in the original language. It was even with... um 
oh fuck what uh some of the miyazaki movies i'm just like no you know i'll watch it because i I think some stuff gets misconstrued or it doesn't come across the way it's kind of meant to so yeah i've always just kind of preferred the subs for some of them some of them i uh uh, they get a real good kind of crew doing the dub like um castle in the sky has an amazing cast for the dub Hmm. mark hamill's the villain it's outstanding yeah, I mean, when you go back and you look at Dragon Ball Z, I liked both for different reasons, the sub and the dub and the changes in music, because I know like people like to rip on the hard rock music that they were using in that Z dub, but I oh, liked some of it. when you were a kid, you loved it, Oh, though. yeah, when you were a kid, for sure. And it was like, really made some moments like super hype, you know, <laughs> and... It did change the music often did change the context of the scene because it would take like what was meant to be kind of a low key, like serious scene. And all of a sudden there's like, darner, darner, you got the fart darner, rock darner. going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it improved other scenes, though. So it's kind of, you know, yeah, take one with the other, I guess. But yeah, the show, I mean, if you go back and watch Dragon Ball Z and you watch one with the dub with the American music, and then the other with the sub, with the Japanese music, it completely changes the show. Yeah. And, or you could watch it with the dub with the Japanese music, which once again, completely changes the show. So it kind of is what it is. With Super, I've noticed they didn't change any of the music, which is good, because the Super music is fucking awesome. Indeed. (laughs) Oh, Super. And I think they're releasing the movie in uh, North America. Like, it might even be at the same time. I don't know if it's coming out well, in December or like January or some shit. What but... would be the reason anymore to have any delays on international releases? I mean, I. You know. I don't know if they're gonna be have it dubbed just because. Right? I would. I would. Fuck I mean, you. If I if I was Funimation, I would want it out worldwide day one in all the different languages. Because the worst thing you could have happen is you only put out in Japan and then everyone goes and downloads the Japanese release and now all the people in America don't go see it because they already saw it. I will say, though, there is something to going to the show. We went and saw, I think it was Battle of the Gods with a group of people. It's kind of fun to go and be like, oh, I'm not the only super dork. That's that's fun. That's nice. Supers sort of revitalized Dragon Ball, though. I mean, like, it had gone away for a long time. And, yeah, people still talked about it and loved it because we all grew up with it. But Yeah, it was one of my first animes. It seems like Super very much has created a lot of new fans. It's good. I mean, I I still don't understand why they did the the movies as part of the show, but that didn't really make much sense to me. Um, But I think everything after uh, where they got to in the movies... It's just great. Mm-hmm. Like, there's stuff in that Trunks uh, arc that's just outstanding. And then the Tournament of Power is, like, right where you want to be. Yeah, the Goku Black stuff is good. The Tournament of Power was really oh, good. Goku Black. Love Goku Black. <laughs> well, for some reason, they're doing, like, Sean Schemmel's doing, like, two different voices for him. Like, when he first showed up, it was just, like, evil Goku. And then all of a sudden, he started doing, like, British Goku. It's like... What's going on? <laughs> like, just stick with one, brother. I don't know what's, why he's doing, like, British Goku, though. It's strange. 
maybe he forgot the voice that he was doing at first and he was like oh oh maybe there was yeah okay he british a, accent let's do this he had like a stroke <laughs> and he can't do the original voice anymore wouldn't it be terrible if that was true yes that it was like really someone, terrible. someone messages me like hey by the way um like that happened that actually took somebody place. dong messages oh. you yeah <laughs> no one else listens to this podcast erica <laughs> trying to aspire to something here and the dozens aspire of fans. to greatness sure you told me there was dozens uh for uh beyond the red waste yeah well that's never coming back no it's not it was fun when we did it though <laughs> so i hope you enjoyed it i did actually all right you want to go find bob oh uh, yeah we're gonna take a little uh break here we'll go grab bob and have some uh, gender discussions. Sweet. Which will be fun. Those always. I can't wait. Those don't end up tense and horrible at all. No, I think this will be a good one, actually. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. Because there's a lot of angles. It's not just a gender discussion. There's a lot of angles to approach it from. There is. There is. Yeah. We, we had a preliminary discussion about it the other day. But. Um, oh. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's go grab. We'll Bob. be back. Yeah. Later. Welcome back to the show, part two, and we've added the lead jabroni. Bob, welcome to the show. Hi, Alex. It's great to have you here in your own home. Hoi. Hey, Alex, I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. What topic are you going to bring up today that's going to get me in trouble? (laughs) I have. Was there a topic that got you in trouble last time? Uh, the last one. What what do we talk about? Oh, the Chris Hardwick thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you have wrong opinions. That's why I was mad. <laughs> I mean, those words don't really work together. Wrong opinions. Oh, but they do. <laughs> Alex, there's people out there who think that Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Okay, before we get into anything, And actually <laughs> like the prequels. Before, before I we mean... actually make you upset, I want to talk about something. I turned down the TV the other day, and the news was on. Always on a like mistake. Fox or something. Always a mistake. And like, not Fox News, but like Fox, Fox 32. Yeah, regular Fox, right. yeah. And th- there's the newscaster goes, big news about Fortnite after the break. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, and I knew that was when like a new patch just came out. It was just the new start of a season. Like, but it's not even something they would be mentioning on right. local news. So they, I'm like, I got to wait. So they come back from break. gotcha. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have to see what this is. So they come back from break, and it was literally just like, a new season started today in Fortnite. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what ne- nexus of the universe fucking, <laughs> like, <laughs> dimension are we living in where this is, like, news on there the... There have been way bigger games than Fortnite that have never gotten, like, local news coverage. Maybe the uh, the writer... Uh, or the guy who writes the teleprompter is a big fan. <laughs> it's just they They have just been trying to figure out how to reach your demographic, Alex. My demographic. Yeah. So not your demographic. No. Okay. It's interesting, <laughs> though. I was trying to think about it. I'm like, okay. Obviously, we all know Fortnite is like a smashing success, right? Jeez. But no one really knows how much money they're making because Epic's a private company. And so what do you have to really go on other than Twitch viewership? 
and I think this really just goes to show you the crazy power of Twitch right now. Bob the dog. I don't know that that's picking up. Is it hey. picking up? No, it's fine. It's distracting as fuck, but it's not picking up. <laughs> just very minorly. Okay, whatever. We'll leave it in. Bob the dog is going to town on his there bone. Goes. Yeah, he's having an absolute. No, then he day. heard his name, so now he stopped. You're just banging the bone off the ground. I thought for sure you could hear it. Anyway. Well, you remember the one time we were recording and he was doing it off the stairs? Oh, yeah. None of that picked up. It was crazy. High quality microphones here. Nice work, Bob. Recommendation from one Samuel Kernett in Vermont. Nah, fuck that guy. Wow. <laughs> and to be fair, I don't know that he listens, so. We can say whatever we want. It's great. It's subtle interference. There are no rules. So I was thinking about <laughs> this is like the crazy power of Twitch because, you know, every once in a while you he- see something from Epic like, oh, Fortnite has X million number of players. But that doesn't really tell you anything because anyone who's just downloaded Fortnite and played it for two you can, seconds like, is qualify a player. them as a player. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a player of Fortnite. Technically, I've played for like two hours ever. So was it about it? Well, you're not really about the Battle Royale. The Battle Royale thing just isn't my thing. But, no, I know Fortnite is a really good game. It's just not my thing. But um, it's just interesting because Twitch has completely convinced people it's like this unbelievably huge game. And it is. But what other metric do you really have to go off of? But why? Is it because of Twitch, though, that it's a huge game? It feels like it. So, I mean... Like, you go on Twitch and guys like Ninja are pulling, like, 200,000 viewers. Well, here's an interesting question. If it wasn't for Twitch, would Fortnite be as big as it is? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think a lot of... I I think... I think a lot... There are a lot more people in the world who are like you who don't like the Battle Royale format to play, but I think there's kind of this, like, I'll watch someone play who's good. I'll watch someone play who's good, and it's kind of fun to watch be like put all sorts of time and effort into it and then die at the last second. Or, <laughs> There's that you know, as well. Because, because that's part of why Battle Royale can be frustrating. It's a, it's a pseudo-permadeath system, right? Like yeah. once you die, you got to start all over again in another map. You might not be with your friends necessarily. So I, I do think... It's actually surprising how well it's taken off, and I think you got a good point that it's a lot of it's just from streamers. Well, I think a lot of it is like you know you a lot of people used to get on Call of Duty, and they're not worried about the outcome. They're not worried about winning or losing. They're not worried about kills or deaths. They're just running around like idiots. They just want to shoot shit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like Fortnite. It's like the ultimate. I don't give a shit. Faffing about. Right. Just doing shit. Oh, I died. I'm going to get right into another game. I'm out of the bus again. But you but know. it does it does incentivize you to actually try and get better at the game. Because if all you're ever doing is falling out of the bus and then... Dying in the first 10 seconds. Like, you know, that's not fun. Yeah, you spend most of your time in the fucking bus. Like, <laughs> this sucks. Good times. Bus Simulator 2018. But I don't know. I've played it a couple of times. I enjoy it. Um, it's not. It's not going to be something I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to, or ever actually spend money on. I don't think. But no. uh, it. Is, I think it is a fun game. Yeah, I think if you're like one of those lunatics who's playing it twenty four seven, I guess you can justify that battle pass for the cosmetics and everything. 
But other than that, I don't know why you'd spend money. Because spending money doesn't change the game in any way other than it's just cosmetic skins and emotes, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, but Epic's making money. If they weren't making money, they wouldn't be doing all this. Well, that's the thing is they're iterating so fast and they're adding so much content all the time. You have to assume they're making tons of money. I mean, and I think that is the natural assumption, which is why everyone thinks it's doing so great. It'll be interesting if Epic can keep this going for long enough to spin it off into new projects. Mm -hmm. Like when Blizzard made all the money in the world on WoW and it turned them into a juggernaut. Well, and that's the business model they're got to be going for, right? Is the, the game as a service where you, you rarely ever release a a full new game. Just it expansions, just, Expansions, right? patches, you know, new seasons in this case, and just things that go with it. And I do like where they're kind of doing, um, you know, they've got a bit of a story to the world. Uh, it's, you know, it's not exactly deep. But well, that it's was there. World of Warcraft too, though. There was a story to each of those patches or uh, uh, expansions. Expansions, right? Yeah, yeah. I do. I do enjoy the hamburger that's somewhere out in the California desert. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that to be like the news thing, like, oh, there's a crack in the ceiling of Fortnite, and it's getting bigger. What's going on? <laughs> Telling you, it's the guy sent who our, wrote that segment. We've is sent like... our top investigator out. <laughs> it's the who's the who is the investigator on um the news from Family Guy, the Asian woman. Oh, I, I always forget her. Trisha Takanawa. Yes, that's it. Good pull. I was waiting for them to be like, <laughs> we've sent her out into the field. I, was say, I haven't watched Family Guy in probably like ten years. You mm. could sit there and just watch old clips of Family Guy. Old, just, old, old Family oh, Guy yeah. before it started. Yeah, yeah. He, Though I prefer American Dad personally. I'm a big American Dad fan. You don't have to flip me off. That does a, it raises an interesting question that uh, I want to segue into uh, from a video I watched the other day um, talking about Mel Brooks movies. And give credit. Which video were you watching? It was from Lindsay Ellis. Lindsay Ellis. Yes. That's what I said. That didn't sound like you said that. That's what I said. Okay. Uh, I can't remember exactly which video it was, but it was just about Mel Brooks movies. And one of the interesting things she talks about is how, you know, you go back and you watch some of them and they're, they don't age great, you know, because the jokes are not exactly what you would call appropriate in 2018. Um, and you go back and you watch Family Guy. And a lot of that's in that same territory of stuff you wouldn't, dare write today let alone actually film it mm. or animate it i was fine with family guy until it started getting like you know, you know with the like domestic abuse and like we're just shitting on meg all the time like it was funny at first and then it just got to a point where it was like okay no, I'm just a little uncomfortable. Do you remember the scenes with Meg where she went to prison and came back and was like beating the hell out of all of them? I vaguely remember it's that. It's hilarious. Yes. That's from those early seasons, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I can't remember when, but yeah, Meg goes to prison. She comes back and she's like, who's the toughest guy here? I'm not taking any shit anymore. <laughs> and Peter is like, well, I've gotten into a few scraps in my day and she just beats the fuck out of him and it's 
Family Guy, so it's hilarious. Well, it's payoff, right? It's like you <laughs> shit on her constantly. Now she gets to, you get it right back. So <laughs> then he's sitting there on the ground, beat half to death, and she goes, "All right, who's the funniest guy here?" And Peter, like, you see him slowly raise his hand, like, <laughs> I've been known to tell a joke or two. She starts beating the fuck out of him again. And Chris is like, have a little humility. It'll save your life. <laughs> yeah, but it's a bunch of scenes like that. It's fucking hilarious. Cartoon violence always lands. For oh, me. cartoon violence is outstanding. In most respects. But, I mean, you know, give me, like, anvils falling on people's heads. I'm all about that shit. Mm-hmm. And you can't find Looney Tunes on TV anywhere anymore. That's such yeah, a Yeah, that's shame. gone. It's a fucking crime, man. The closest thing you get is the uh, Wile E. Coyote episode of Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, at a certain standard. point, like, stuff like Looney Tunes, you know, if you put that on TV today, are kids going to be into that? I mean, I think that's an argument that you can make, but, like, it always used to be on, like, Sunday mornings. Like, if we didn't end up going to church, I'd watch, like, Tom and Jerry on Channel 9 or some mm-hmm. shit for an hour. And it was, like, right where you wanted to be. I think some of it still does. It's a matter of when it's when you introduce kids to it and, uh, you know, have you already inundated them with newer things and well and i think saturday and sunday morning cartoons just aren't a thing anymore like the local channels don't have that anymore like, well no because there's 24-hour cartoon network no right i mean Disney there's options channel. right but when like we were kids like i'd go and i'd sit i'd get my cereal and be like all right right i'm camped here for the next four or five hours well that was also your only option then now well, right you know, exactly you play on the phone you play on the tablet that's what people give their kids which you could argue is not great to have your children addicted to screens already I mean, I, I come both ways at it, and I think none of us have children, so it's like, you know, maybe we, we shouldn't weigh in on it, but I'm going to anyway. It annoys me when I see it, but then I'm like, okay, that poor person, those poor, that couple is like, this could be the only way to shut the fucking kid up. So it's like, yeah, here, fine, take it, fine, whatever. Uh, I think unless you're going to be willing to avoid using your phone around your kid. Which you're not. Um... You know they're gonna see you playing with and your be phone like, well, all the time. I want to play with and, the fucking phone, right? Because I, I tend to agree with you. Alex. I, yeah, I don't. I, I it kills me to see kids uh, playing on tablets and stuff like that. But. I think though most folks you talk to before like they have kids that can start reaching for the screen are gonna say the same thing. It's just I think you're exactly right. They see other people doing it. They want to do it. They don't want to be left out. Right. Well, the other thing is is. When you look at stuff like video games, when we were growing up, you know, a game like Sonic or Mario or whatever, they were like decently long games, but you would play them through like once or maybe twice, and then you'd either be on to the next game or, you know, you'd have to wait for your parents to buy something or, you know, you'd go do something else. Right, right. Now, games are like endless. Like, if you and your friends are into Fortnite, you could play Fortnite forever. Mm-hmm. And so there's like... You never go do anything else. Right. What what do kids like? And I'm thinking like preteen and younger. <laughs> what do kids do? What, this what, is what, out of touch. What, the podcast. What video games do they play right now? <laughs> They're not sitting there playing prey. 
or Ooh, nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or you know, Bioshock. How do you know that though? They could be. Well, maybe they are. But I, what do, they what do kids be. play? <laughs> like Roblox, Minecraft, like, for, uh, Fortnite. Minecraft. Yeah. I did finally finish Prey. How Which, was it, Erica? I enjoyed the game. Give us a zero out of ten. Uh, I'd give it a solid seven or an eight. Okay. I don't know that I would ever go back and revisit. Seven or eight is like that score you give a game when you don't want to give it a low score, but it's definitely not. It's the high. IGN review scale, the <laughs> six to ten, the six to ten review scale. Because I would say it was above average. The visuals were good. I had a lot of fun with the combat. It was fairly robust. Um, I liked the crafting system, and normally that shit gets on my nerves. But I liked that ammo wasn't like around every corner you had to like find shit to create ammo for yourself Mm -hmm. and you could either choose to modify your character to a point where you could just use like the uh, alien abilities that you gain access to or you could just completely stick with your weapons and there was a lot of different ways you could play the game and there were a lot of um kind of open exploration i was telling you i got a little annoyed uh because they didn't give you a good this is the point of no return Right. So I missed out on finishing a lot of side quests that I wanted to do. I hate that shit. I was really annoyed. That, but Horizon Zero Dawn was really good about that. Well, yeah, we it were talking about that. It was really apparent, too. There's games that are like, are you sure? You know, and it's like, oh, okay, let me go and run around and do my shit still. And then yeah. I'll come back and then we'll we'll play the end game. Because I was also expecting some sort of like last fight. And it's just very kind of anticlimactic. Which I think, you know, fine. I had a lot of fun for the what, 20 or so hours that I played it. So I'm not mad at the experience. You know what? Uh, 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 that makes me think a really good uh, thing to think about would be games that have really good penultimate fights before a shitty final fight. Well, I would throw shitty final fight Bioshocks right there. Well, well that's maybe, the game I was thinking of. Maybe right that was top. maybe that was the thought of a game they were kind of modeling Prey after was, well, if we can't do a good fight, we don't want to do it at all. Maybe that's what the thought process was. It just seemed very like, okay, I did this. Now I just need to run over here and I don't really... <laughs> I pressed a button and it's over. Oh, because you've been fighting the entire game. So it's like at that point, uh, there wasn't anything really to fight anywhere. Like most of the time there would be... The aliens would be on the station and you'd be like scrapping with them. But during this final rush to where I had to go, I was just kind of running through shit. There wasn't anybody to fight. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. So at that point, what's even the point? Just have the place where I need to be right here. If while I'm running there, there's nothing for me to do. And all my side quests are gone, so I can't do those. What are we even doing? So the ending was a little lame, but uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. Made me want to play Bioshock again. <laughs> you can't play Bioshock again. You got to play something new. Let's play Dead of War. I heard you bought God of War, Bob. I did. Did you actually take it out of the wrapping? I think I did. Did mm. you? No. Yeah, I don't think you did. I don't think I did either. Yeah. What, what caused you to go and run to the store and buy that? I was really... Because this was very soon after he was like, we shouldn't buy games unless we're sure we're going to play them. Yeah. That's the thing that... I think it was like a week after you said that. That's a thing that I said. And then he shows up with God of War, and I'm like... It wasn't like a week after, but no... uh, Yes, it was. What it it was... uh, 
I was trading in a whole bunch of shit at GameStop, and there was a promotion that, you know, if you put some of that towards the game. So you got God of War basically for free. Not basically for free. <laughs> but I got, you know, I got it for less than it would have been. So, and I knew you wanted to play it. I do want to play so, it. I've, oh, he did it for you, Eric. I did it for her. I see what we've come around to now. Um, no, That's I, so kind. You're a great husband, Bob. Has anyone ever told you that? Nice work. Thank you. Thank you. Were you about to say no? Because that's fucking not true. (laughs) You dick. (laughs) No, I've enjoyed uh, the God of War games. I don't know that I played Ascension or whatever, but um, those first three were great. I enjoyed the hell out of them. Kicked my ass. I always had a completely different game, though. Yes. Alex, if only we had a PS4 Pro, though. Hmm. We're really going to be missing well, out. Well, you know, you know, See, the Erica. way that you're sitting, I mean, I think it'd be <laughs> ill-advised to make me mad. You know, I'm not the one with uh, leg injuries. I'm still pretty spry, so I, I would just, you know. Well, I'm you know, Bob, Erica really wanted that PS4 Pro, right? Like, she brought it up. She, is, she said she wanted it for Knights of Tsushima. What's Knights of, or yeah, I, of Tsushima? That, yeah, and that's not a thing that was said. That's, yeah, was. that's, that's cool, though. That was, yeah, was. You notice, though, how I don't run out and like buy it and then be like, oh, well, now I need all of this like additional accoutrement <laughs> to make it work the way that I want to make it work. <laughs> you know, After an evening of having it up at the highest volume <laughs> so that no one else in the house can do anything else but listen to Jurassic Park. <laughs> hmm. Who are you talking about? No one in particular. Hmm. Yeah. Certainly not someone who was trying to, you know, get it to a point where you could listen to the movie at a lower volume, um, but have all the channels come to you correctly. And uh, I've never seen anyone so mad (laughs) that a movie was playing in stereo. (laughs) Like (laughs) the world we live in now. And this is the thing you choose to get worked up about. God damn it, I can't listen to Jurassic Park the right way. Bob is sitting there like, you know, Trump's an asshole, but fuck my sound! (laughs) Yes, that is basically like... (laughs) He paused it no more than like, or no less than like five or six times to come upstairs and just be like, I'm so mad. It's not playing correct. I think it's only playing in stereo. Well, and this is when his knee was like shot. So that was really like a lot of pain for him. I believe right? this was pre-knee. Actually. Oh. This was pre-knee. This oh, was okay. pre-knee. Was, oh, so that's what happened. You went up the stairs too many times. <laughs> the next day you went to clean your foot and that was it. No, what actually happened, I hurt my knee the day after I finished upgrading the sound system. So I finished it. Hurt his knee. Oh, I got to sit downstairs now. Yeah, I can I'm still I can still go relax. down the stairs. <laughs> Have you figured out, Erica, what's next yet? No, I don't think we've figured out what's next yet. I I have not. It's I have something not though. It out. We'll see. You know it's coming. Why does there have to be something next? There's always exactly why next. does there have to yeah. be something that's next? I think that's actually the Sir? question we were going to pose right. to you. There is nothing next. Do you remember when he said that after the TV? I do remember. Do you remember that? that? That's, that was. That's I do remember that. Quote. That was the last thing. That was before we found out that it won't play DTSX or Dolby Atmos. It was legitimately hilarious. See, this he, is got, like, he got the box set. He's all set. He goes downstairs. 
and you just hear these anguished cries. See, Erica, every once in a while, there are positives to only being here, being able to hear out of one ear. <laughs> and this is one of them. I couldn't give a fuck about sound. Right? Because it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you, surround right? sound doesn't do anything for me. Right. So it's like, I could just save that money. You know, your your speakers on your TV kind of suck. Oh, yeah? I don't care. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Though I will say when we moved the TV up here... The sound was atrocious, and I was like, yeah, you need to go out and get a sound bar immediately. So that was your big purchase. I mean, in the grand scheme, I don't know that I would say it was a big purchase, but... <laughs> Look, Bob only bought, like, you know, a home theater. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kills me about it, Alex? I really genuinely did intend to only buy the TV. <laughs> yeah, you always do this. This is your thing. <laughs> That's why we know there will be something next. Yep. It's just a matter of figuring out what it is. Exactly. Maybe it'll be like soundproofing a room for the podcast or something like that. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> just wait, Erica. Yeah. Just wait until you come home one day and all your walls are ripped out. <laughs> I don't think he's that. he's not that stupid. What were we watching where there was a husband? It was one of those like home shows. It was Love It or List It. Where the woman went off on like a business trip and she came home and the husband was like, I'm going to redo the bathroom while she's away. And fast forward like three years, that bathroom got ripped out and never got finished. I was like, and you stayed? That's like. Yeah, the never ending home improvement projects are the worst. Is that show still on? Love it or list it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I used to watch that on uh, HGTV and I don't know. I don't really have that. I really almost never watch TV anymore, but. Yeah, I always like that show. I like all those see, blatantly the, set up shows. See, the problem with those shows is like uh, they're like cocaine. They're endlessly watchable. Right. You're just going to yeah. watch them for you're going to like. Well, there, there's always another house to renovate. Yeah. And you're going to miss like birthdays and anniversaries. I've never missed any of that because of like chopped. <laughs> I've always left the house. That's not true. Well, those, those home renovation shows, you never really know how much they're actually spending because the shows are always in, like, Canadian money. <laughs> so right. you, it's like, this tiny home was $900,000, and you're like, what the fuck? Houses in Canada, though, like uh, Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto especially, are stupidly expensive. Well, and I don't understand, I really don't get those shows because... From my understanding, the people are still paying for everything. So is it just that they get these particular designers who they like or they want their 15 minutes or... They're definitely getting something for free. Like, it might be that they're paying for the parts and labor, but maybe there's like some parts of it are free. Like, oh, we'll do an extra room for free or something like that. Because that's one of the things on the show is... You'll often see them like do like a kitchen and a bathroom, mm-hmm. but they're really doing like the whole house. Yeah, sometimes they'll just show you, right? Some they'll show the you parts. Yeah, but I don't know what they're getting for it. Oh, but Chopped! They're Alex, getting something. I could sit for twelve hours and watch Chopped. I love that fucking <laughs> I'm not show. Into that show. Oh, I love cooking shows, especially that one. I love that shit. All cooking shows do is make you want to eat, which is like see, not so much. For me, at least. I don't know. Well, not Chopped, because it's always the worst shit. Yeah, people don't make good food on Chopped. They try to. They usually fail. 
Well, that Love It or Listed show is not Love It or Listed. Um, what's the show where the husband like lost his shit and ran out of the house with like a gun, but they got divorced, but they're still doing the show? Oh, is that um the one where they like take houses that are I know exactly what you're talking and about? It them and sell them. It's the husband and wife with the kid. Yep, I know. What the fuck is it called? It's like right on the tip of my tongue. It's bothering me. I yeah. know the guy's name is Tark. Yeah. And his her name is Christina. Yeah. But we God fucking damn it. <laughs> we can't remember the name of the show. Oh my god. Yeah, he like lost flip or his flop. mind or something. That's right. Flip or flop. Flip or flop. That's, That's another right. one you could sit and just watch forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. I didn't hear that that he lost his mind and was like waving a gun around. He I don't remember exactly what the details were, so I guess I'll say allegedly. Okay. <laughs> but it was something where he like, yeah, he like ran out of the house and he was out of his fucking mind. He's running around with a gun and he was like half naked or something and they ended up getting divorced. Yeah. But they're still doing the show. Well, I mean Easy money. Exactly. Business. President. Business. American Chopper came back. Did you ever watch that back in the day? I did. No, yeah. I never have. Oh my god! Oh, those old fights. <laughs> those fights are choice. Those old fights are like legendary. <laughs> oh my goodness! Without uh, me, this place will go into the fucking ground. Throwing chairs at each other and shit. Oh my god! Uh, did you want to segue to that big topic that you wanted to talk about? Sure. Why don't you explain this arena net situation? The makers of Guild Wars, Guild Wars Two. So what? The, my basic understanding is, and please jump in if I'm incorrect, is uh, one of their writers, mm-hmm. right, was on Twitter kind of describing the process, and then somebody uh, uh, came at her with a suggestion. Not came at her wrote a suggestion or did you think of it doing it this way I think something was the way along those it, right? lines that's that's the way i heard it but i heard it through him so but anyway <laughs> thanks so for, thanks for researching the topic for the podcast no just Bob. trying to be as objective as possible here um so then she started going at the the whoever wrote to her on twitter yeah uh, i guess it got a little vitriolic and she ended up getting fired along with another uh, one of employee her, uh, that had come in to yeah, try and help defend her or whatever. Deckhand as well. So, um, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of angles that we can talk about this with. Well, so we have the angle. There's there's a lot of different ways that we can get to. There's the angle of how you should tweet treat your public Twitter profile when you have your name on it and you have your employee, you know, where you work and what you do and all that on it. I will say that then the, the it should be on one, just don't be on Twitter. Twitter is fucking horrible. But it's that's my conclusion. It's also not realistic, though. So what mm. I think, though, if if as a company that's going to be a fireable offense, then you need to have some kind of guidelines for that, for your employees. Well, it didn't well, sound like they did. Well, it's, it seems like what they told... I, it seems like what they told her when they f- they first hired her was pretty much, look, we know you're outspoken. We have no issue with that. 
And based on the, some of the stuff she said on Twitter that she never got reprimanded for, I'd say that was mostly true. The line in the sand seemed to be when she went after another a member of their community who makes like content and has like is like a Twitch streamer and stuff. That seemed to be the line in the sand that she got like mad at a dude who just like kind of was like, hey, have you ever done it this way or ever thought about doing it this way? I will say, though, you need the in the context of being a woman who works in games Mm -hmm. where you're getting shit on constantly. Now, I'm not saying that maybe she shouldn't have done that. I say I can understand why she would have lashed out. There's definitely that angle to it. I think she should have found one of the people acting like an asshole and been mean to them. Because if you're mean to someone who acts like an asshole, it's like, hey, you're acting like a dick. Right. And I'm just striking back. Right. You found, like, the guy who pretty much said, like, nothing and got mad at him. And it's like... I will also say, though, I don't think you should be fired for that. I agree that the firing was a bit much. But on the other hand, in the aftermath, it doesn't seem like she feels like she did anything wrong. So if she doesn't feel like she did anything wrong, then what was she going to well, learn from it to you know, not be fired? There, there's, But did she do something wrong? Oh, yeah. Something sure. wrong to the point of being fired, though. Well, that's the point you could argue. You know, and I think if it's if the company didn't have any guidelines or anything, written guidelines, it's one thing to say something. To well, that's somebody. why they can kind of fire you for whatever, because they don't have guidelines. Oh, no, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is it's I, I don't necessarily think it's fair that she got fired. Well, it all- and I don't have a horse. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. I don't have a horse in this race. I could give a shit about Guild Wars. I just think it's a bad precedent. No, no, no. This community... isn't about this isn't about Guild Wars. No, two. right, We're right, just right. Talking the, about right, right, right. That, an that, interesting situation. The the public uh, or the, you know people on Twitter can complain and you can lose your job. I think that's shitty. Well, it's not that people on Twitter complained. Not it's... without reason, maybe. Yeah. For they saw as a reason, but I it, I just think it sets a bad precedent. Bob, give us your overall thoughts. Yeah. Sorry. It, well, the first thing, if you think about it. From an employment perspective, the the question is going to be how did, how ha, has this company had this situation before? Uh, if so, how did they how did they uh, react to it? Um, because that's the thing: a company can have any kind of policy, um, and but it has to be consistently applied to different situations. So you know, if this has happened before, where a male um, developer you know, lashed out or, you know, did some stuff on Twitter. Well, then, and they didn't get fired. That would be an issue. The other guy who got, it was a other, it was a dude that got fired, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, I, I just think it's unfair from a, a business, from a company's, uh, from thinking about how the company is doing. It's unfair to tell your employees it's okay to be on Twitter and to associate themselves with the company because that's just setting them up for exactly what happened. Because if you associate with your company and you say the wrong thing, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to get fired. Um, and you look at, uh, very, you look at the, if you look in your employee manual, you'll find something in there that says, you know, if you're not supposed to 
um, speak on behalf of the company or represent the company. Or if when you're out of work hours and you're wearing like a shirt with our logo on it and you're acting like an right. asshole, that's grounds or you're right being drunk and belligerent or something. That's that, grounds for you to lose your that's job. That's why when I leave work, I t- you know I go out, I take off my badge, uh, I I'm anonymous. Uh, Generally anonymous. Bob Twitter. makes a habit of being uh, drunk and belligerent after yeah, work, so well, he doesn't want to have. I've his, met him before. His stuff yeah. on. No, but you you need to be careful. But the, it, what's unfair in the games industry is they want their developers engaging with the community, and that's not fair. Public relations is a full time job, right? With lots that requires tons of experience, and as much as people typically hate PR people, they're there for a reason. They're paid to grit their teeth, smile, and say, uh, sorry you had a bad experience. Here's a coupon. Go back. I understand your point of view. Right. We're not going to take that into account. You're putting just <laughs> you're putting your rank and file out into this social media and sphere. Maybe they it's haven't fair. had the proper training to deal with that. You know, maybe you did have a bad day and it's fuck this shit, I don't want to deal with this crap anymore. And if you're going to do that and someone does have a bad experience, then you got, then there, it should, it should be, okay, you know, it didn't work out. You're coming off of Twitter. Right. You know, you can either leave the company or you can delete your Twitter and your social media. Right. Yeah, I think, I think all three of us are in agreement that the firing was definitely too much, I would say. I think it was overkill for sure. Uh, I think like some sort of suspension was certainly, certainly, certainly warranted, you know, like, Hey, take a week off and come back. And I don't think that like the community would have been against that necessarily. Uh, I mean, I mean, you, you have jackasses in the community well, yeah. who are like, Oh, we got somebody fired. Sweet. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, you're going to have those idiots who come along and it's like, we got that bitch, you know, and it's not, it's, you can't listen to those people. Those are just idiots. Um, I, I thought we as a country, though, decided that those people's opinions were valid and important. <laughs> well, there is the other side of it, though, that there is a, a level of personal responsibility that, you know, everyone needs to be aware of. The, the, people talk about the First Amendment all the time. The First Amendment does not apply to your employer. No. And, it applies well, to and the government. And especially with right-to-work laws and... Um, GOP because unions are the devil destroying everything right um, you can be fired for almost anything your boss can walk in and have a bad day and you're, you're the first you're person right. to you walk by to be the first person you and you're fired you, you know and, and it's it's not quite that easy but it can be and so you you know you got to be careful what you say if you're not your own boss you got to be careful I think the one thing that really kind of irks me about it, though, is they did tell her when she got hired that, you know, okay, yeah, the way you're doing it is fine. Well, I'll be really curious to see if there's any uh, litigation on this case. Uh, because if if they really were like that and they really did, she probably should uh, find an employment lawyer. I mean, if you can, like suing people's expensive too. I mean, sure. that's the that can be 
very cost prohibitive for folks mm-hmm. to guarantee you the punk stuff wouldn't have gone on as long as it did if he didn't have the money he yeah did. and do you have any proof of that in writing well that's the was other anyone else in that room when that was deal. said to you exactly exactly you know it gets into that which stuff. brings up another point if it's not in writing it didn't happen. Well, we had this conversation in the car the other day when we're at work. I always, people call and they're like, oh, well, I want to do, I'm like, no, 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 write me an email. So then we have it. We have a proof of it and there's a paper trail. I don't like people just saying stuff over the phone because then it's like, all right, well, no, we need, we need proof that this was said. Yeah. I think one of her points was that this is my personal Twitter and it's like, that doesn't really hold up when you have, you know, the company you work for in your bio and your job title there right. and your turkey talking about your work yeah. right. on Twitter. Then no. So that is not your personal Twitter. Like, we, this isn't about what's fair. I'm talking about reality. Oh, no, no. I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. I think if you're going to throw your employer on your Twitter account, which... You're representing your company. Right. And it's your, you know, this is who I am. Here is my face. This is me. I work for such and such and such yeah. and such. You're representing the company. And also exactly. and also the idea that you're on Twitter and you post about your work and then you seem upset that you got feedback. It's like you posted this on Twitter. If you didn't want any feedback, post it on a blog or post it on Medium or do something like that. If you want to just make a post about your work that you like people to read, but you don't want feedback on, I would not put it on Twitter. And look, you know, the rea- like you were talking about, the reality of being a woman in a, any sort of public field is you're going to get a lot of stupid gendered feedback. Well, I think especially in games, though. And I mean, we've seen it with, you know, certain movements and shit the where... Game, the Gamergate bullshit. Right, well, I didn't want to bring the name up. Ethics in journalism, America. Yeah, that's what it's about. <laughs> That woman got fucked. Fuck her. Put her address out there. And we're going to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm destroying my husband's ears. You all right over there? You okay? You don't like me screaming into the microphone? Well, here, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, if you want to be on Twitter and you want to get into conversations with people, maybe you need to make your Twitter private and only talk to your friends or other people in the industry and stuff like that. Because the reality is... Whether you're a woman or man, and it is worse for women in certain ways, you're going to get a lot of feedback you don't want to hear. And it's going to be a lot of dumb bullshit. Like if I work on even a small game, but say you work on like a big game like Call of Duty. Could you imagine all the stupid feedback you get on Twitter? I I want this, I want to be somebody who like folks knew that I like worked for... What's the fucking company? I can't remember it off the top of my head. If I was a Call of Duty developer. I don't want these assholes to know. No, thank you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I am anonymous on Twitter. I don't, people don't need to know what I do or who I work for or whatever. There is, there is an element to this that these people almost have to because that's how they get their name out there and get recognition and give them uh, opportunities in other uh, you know, I mean, I guess that's a fair in point. In other fields. Right. Well, um, you know, that's a big thing with the game community. That's right. You know, if if you're not asso- directly associated with the game, if you can't say, I did this, this, and this, and some things you may be prohibited from necessarily putting on a resume, but if the company's saying you can go and put stuff on Twitch or Twitter. up on Twitter, you know, and talk about it, that helps your case. But then... You have 
you have to be careful. It's like it's like being a server in a restaurant. You can have a bunch of dicks at a table, but you still got to smile, and you still got to serve them. Unless just, it gets to a point where they're completely over the line, and then, and then you it's get your like, manager. Then you get to have fun. I mean, you could you you do the classic, you spit in the food yeah, in sure. the back. Or well, if they're a member of this administration, we don't serve that at re- them at restaurants anymore. <laughs> well, here here's the thing with the whole thing, kind of like what I said earlier. If she's getting a lot of stupid feedback on Twitter, and I'm sure she is, and getting a lot of stupid fucking comments, and I'm sure a lot are related to her being a woman, find those comments and be mean to them because no one's going to have a problem with that. You, the, the unfortunate part and probably why she got fired is she found like a nice comment, which was basically just someone trying to engage in a conversation with her on Twitter. Right. And it was like, what was the first tweet? It was like today in being a female game dev, blah, blah, blah. And it was basically like, holy shit, like right off the bat, you're getting into an antagonistic conversation. Well, and I can see if she was getting a ton of shit. You know, that you're, like, kind of done with it, and the first person you see that even maybe isn't rude, you're just going to go for. I'm not saying it's right. I just say I understand. No, I, I understand how it happened, and I'm sure she gets a bunch of shit on Twitter, but but you've also, it, here's, but here's, in some ways, that's also self-inflicted. Here's, here, here's another example. Here, uh, here's a, How is it self-inflicted? By being on Twitter. Here's, here's another comparison. Remember a couple years ago, there was that JetBlue flight attendant who had just been up to here, and he went He went to the door. They were on the tarmac, went to the door, opened the door, pulled the, uh, the inflatable slide, jumped out, and went off. I do not remember this. This is definitely a thing that happened. Now- He did the, the fucking, like, shoot, and he yeah, just left? Yeah, he hit the shoot and left. And you know what? Everybody- Everybody who in the world was like, oh, I've always wanted to do that. You're awesome guy. But every single person was like, yeah, you should have been fired. Was he not? No, he was. Oh, okay. Like No one's like, no one's sitting here being like, oh, no, he shouldn't have been fired. I will also say, though, on an airplane, there's like, I, I think there's Safety. pretty cool rules and regulations around that, though, right? But it's just it's just not professional behavior. Oh no no no! I understand that. Obviously, like you can't be like, oh yeah, like people who think you're on this safe tube in the sky mm-hmm. right before we take off. Yeah, I'm just gonna bounce. Yeah, you know. But that that's the thing. You gotta. <clears throat> there's a level of personal responsibility too. Oh, and I'm not saying that there isn't. I just I I just don't think she should have been fired. I think, I agree. I think we're all in agreement that the firing was like it was a little overkill. It was like, come on. Because I do think it sets a bad precedent and it sends a bad message. But we also don't know if there were other issues, you know, with her her history with the company. Who knows? But that's all private and we'll never know. Right. My, yeah, that's that's my point is I'm, I'm completely with you. I think the firing was I would not I would not have fired her with the knowledge that I have. Um. But she also did something wrong, and that's the thing is I'm reading a lot of articles, you know, on Polygon or Kotaku See, or I don't know that I would say it was wrong, though. No, it was abs- absolutely eh. did the wrong thing. If she would have found the people who were being assholes and wrote, like, snarky comments to them or whatever, I would have been like, great, whatever, who cares? She found, like, the nice comment and went like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> you know, 
If you if you walked up to if someone walked up to you in real life and was like, "Hey, I really like your shirt," and you were like, "Hey, get the fuck out of here, man." The, be, the that'd on- be like a weird social <laughs> the, interaction. I mean, the only right thing to do is just to ignore every, is not to reply to any of the comments. Well, like I said to you, it's just it, these people just shouldn't you just shouldn't be on Twitter. No. If you're not like you said, it should be the PR people that are on t- and fuck, make it seem like it's one of the developers, but it should be somebody who's trained in PR right. that knows how to deal with the public. Yep. Cuz the public fucking sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I completely understand that I'm I'm without a doubt 100% sure she has a ton of bad interactions on Twitter where like people are being assholes, comments about her gender, well, all that's the just, bullshit. that's what Twitter is. That's just right. normal. That's online. And you know, like if I got on Xbox Live and I popped off on every person who ever said anything mean to me, I'd lose my fucking voice. <laughs> like I'd never, you know, I'd be spending all day every day on it. And that's Twitter. You, you're going to get a lot of stupid feedback, especially if you're a woman. Mm-hmm. So if you can't deal with that, you need to remove yourself from the situation. I mean, I wouldn't be on Twitter at all if it was me. And when you talk about like these Gamergate idiots or people like that, which by the way, I don't think they had anything to do with her being fired. Like, oh, no, 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 I'm not saying they, that they, they did. They showed up. It was like, it's like, you know how, like, a bomb goes off on a bus and, like, three days later is, like, ISIS is like, oh, yeah, we did that. That's what this is like. Something happened. She got fired. Right. And Gamergate was like, yeah, we did that. Right. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't have shit to do with it. I just don't want to undersell how, well, I mean, we're not even talking about them. And, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation that I'm not comfortable having online because, yeah. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. Y'all suck. Yeah, it's it's definitely like a harassment campaign, but I just, it's like that stuff, if you don't, if you make your Twitter private, because you could easily make your Twitter private and just interact with all other game developers or all well, your other friends you or whatever, with, right. or when you start getting a lot of stupid bullshit, instead of reading it, just start muting. Don't block them because people can tell when you can block them. Just mute everybody who you don't want to deal with and all that bullshit disappears. You know, but if you keep engaging in it and you keep reading it and you keep letting it come into your brain, eventually that's going to affect you. Mm-hmm. That's called fucking being a human. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So if, you know, you got to learn in some way how to engage in this or don't. And that would be my perspective is just don't engage. Yeah. Well, I think you're also coming at it from what Bob was saying, though. It's like that's a way to show that you've kind of... I think these people who work in games feel they it's almost a requirement to be on social media and be available to people. Yeah, you you might feel that way. And, it, you know, it, it's, it's a really difficult situation to be in, uh, but you got to be careful. You really got to be careful because um, that's your livelihood. No, there there was some other funny stuff. Like, I think one of their her tweets was like, you know, I've been working in games for ten years, and you know, who are you to talk to me about this? But then someone found like an interview from like five years ago or something where she was like, you know, I really hate the gatekeeping in video games where people try to keep you out of conversations because they think you don't have the knowledge of it. It's like, <laughs> well, this is ironic. Well, that's the other thing, right? It's like, if you're... Everything that you have said ever is recorded somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) 
And people will find it if yeah. you say something that they disagree with and well, they will use it against you. I think what really pissed people off about this one was the guy who she got mad at was on Twitch like the day before talking about how much he loves her storytelling and how she's like a god of storytelling. Mm. So she found like her biggest fan and got mad at him. And gave him a shit, uh, yeah. shit hat. You know, it's like I, I feel bad for the guy because he did like nothing wrong. And he's like involved in this. You got that, that friendly fire. <laughs> you got the fucking knife <laughs> the in the side. The friendly fire. Uh, no, it's a shitty situation. She definitely it, should not have been fired. No, she shouldn't have been fired. But I do think that there needs to be. There's, the company should have guidelines also for what is acceptable yeah. behavior, and if you know you're allowed to, you know, if you put our name on your Twitter. Then, you know, you got to kind of rein it in a little bit. But Mm -hmm. I think in not having those kind of guidelines, you just kind of set people up to fail. Yeah. She just seemed like she was like looking for a fight and she found one and, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't get a good result. That sucks. That's a shitty situation. Yeah. Anything else on your minds? really had anything this week aside from the the wrestling stuff but um did you have anything bob i do have a question i have an answer about takata about what takata is that his name what are you referring yeah, to yeah what are you trying to talk uh, the new japan guy okada okay. okada with his super saiyan god hair what no, about I him? really don't. Wow. <laughs> he set us up. <laughs> I know, right? You're wrapped, Alex. <laughs> Alex was like, we excluded him from the wrestling discussion intentionally. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well. We are that- like only, what, like a month and a half away from all in. We're close. Really? Yeah, it's September 1st, man. Mm. It's mid-July. I'm looking forward to it. I can't okay. wait to see Okada in person. It's going to be really cool. Well, on that note, I'm really happy we did this. Yeah. Erica, it was nice to have you for the whole time. Bob, it was nice to have you for one-tenth of the podcast. Yep. Yeah, about half. And please, don't hug me. Hold me tight. I can reach it. This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>